Great. So at this time, the kids are dismissed to head off to Kid Zone. Pray you have a great morning upstairs and be blessed. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, before we jump into today's message, just a couple of quick announcements I just want to draw to people's attention. Uh, first and foremost, uh, we do know uh, this time of year is a very transient time of year here in our city, and kind of people move to Ottawa and leave Ottawa, and we know we get a lot of people who kind of pop into Greenbelt and kind of check us out. And so if that's you today, we're so glad that you're here. We would love to answer any questions you have about our church, help you discern whether this is where God's calling you to be in this season of your life. And so you can connect with us two different ways. There's a, in the chair in front of you, this little piece of paper called a connection card. If you fill that out, no one's going to show up at your house. No one's going to like, you know, ask you for money. That comes like three weeks later. No, I'm just, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> no, it's six weeks. Okay. Um, but we want to just help you take those next steps in your faith journey and so you can connect with us that way and we'll follow up or if you're kind of like a techie you got a mobile device a smartphone you can go to your uh your playstation oh, not playstation your <laughs> androids i was playing playstation way too much yesterday um go to your google store or your uh, iphone store and download an app called church center and it will find green belt by location you can sign up that way and that tool is actually a really great resource to learn about us um what we believe how we're structured you can find all that information there, but you can also stay up to date with everything that's going on as a church. And so even if you're not new and you've been coming here for a long time and you, sometimes you feel like, oh, I don't know what's going on here. Well, look this up and you can actually find out what's going on here. I didn't know we believed that. I've been coming here for 10 years. Well, you should kind of look at that as well, too. So it's a great resource that's available that way. And then also on December the 3rd, we are having a baptism Sunday here as a church. We already have four people signed up for baptism. So. Oh, that's amazing. It's going to be a party and a celebration. And the more people that sign up, the less I have to preach. And I'm okay with that. I'm really, I'm okay with just hearing story after story after story of how God is working in people's lives. Because that's why we do what we do. Like we firmly believe that we are doing what we do here, not to just puff us up and fill our heads full of information as Christians, but so that we can be used by the love and hope of Jesus to reach a hurting and struggling and lost world. And when every person who puts their faith in Jesus is a miracle of God, it's a miracle that in this day and age, people still come to Jesus. And we celebrate that. We celebrate every story. So I'm looking forward to that. And if you would like information about baptism, if you've never been baptized, if you've never made that public declaration, or even if you don't even know what I'm talking about, reach out to me. You can send an email to kevin at greenbelt.church, and I'd love to talk to you about baptism. And then I know I'm over time for the announcement, but that's okay because there's a lot of stuff going on this uh, in our season of uh, refocusing and rebuilding and regrouping and relaunching. There's a lot happening in our church right now. Uh, because there's so much going on and there's so many big questions that we're wrestling with as a church family, we're really ramping up uh, the amount of prayer that we are asking people to be praying for and the amount of opportunities to be praying as a church family. So I really want to cons- you know, uh, you know, basically put the call out to participate in that. Be praying for us 
as a church. Be praying uh, for your families. And so we have different ways to, that we can do that. Uh, Monday evenings from 6 to 7 p.m. here in the sanctuary, there are people that are getting together to pray for the, the ministries of our church. We're praying for the city, and it's just an amazing time of prayer. You can come to that. Um, on the last Friday morning of every month at 10.30 to noon in the prayer room over here on the left side of the room, there's a, a prayer happening there. And so the next one is coming up on October the 27th. So please come to that if you're free during the day. Uh, Sunday before this service happens, a bunch of people are meeting in my office and we're praying for you. <laughs> we're praying for this service. We're praying for your kids up in Kid Zone. So if you want to come and pray with me in my office at nine o'clock, you can kind of peek and you can look at all my nerd Star Wars stuff in my office. Don't steal any of it. It's mine. And um, But come and pray with us then. And then after the service on Sunday morning, we always have volunteers in the prayer room to pray for you and your needs that you have as an individual, as a family. And, and Church Online, we always have volunteers at Church Online. There's a big button there that says prayer. You click that button and our volunteers will pray for you even during my message. Okay, And I'm not offended by that. Get the prayer that you need. So we really, really want to encourage you to be a part of this, these prayer initiatives that are happening here as a church. <clears throat> Excuse me. So um, yesterday um, I was in Montreal, and, and so something that I'm trying to do regularly, well, regularly, once a year or maybe once every couple of years, is um, I get together with my old high school friends. So last night I'm in Montreal, and I'm having dinner. There were like seven of us uh, that went back to the um, pub where we spent way too much time as teenagers <laughs> and young adults and just kind of get caught up with one another. I, I don't know who these old men were. Uh, who were there because I was like, man, like, how did they all get so old? And I'm like, just so young and awesome. Anyways, you know, and, um, and we just had some amazing time of connecting and, and getting caught up. Some of us, we actually hadn't all been in a room together in 30 years, which is amazing. And, and I bring this up because these men knew Kevin before 1998. You see, Kevin, in 1998, started reading a Bible in order to disprove the existence of God. Because I heard about this love of Jesus, and even though I was raised in a religious Christian environment, I wanted nothing to do with God, nothing to do with the church, nothing to do with Christians, and I just wanted to live my own life. And so I bought a Bible to disprove that God was real. If ever you want an example of human arrogance, there it is. <laughs> and in 1998, by reading a Bible, starting from Genesis, because how do you read a book? You start on page one and you work your way through it, right? So I started in Genesis chapter one, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and just work my way through the whole thing. And then around Galatians, I was like, wow, God is real, sin is real, and I'm in trouble. <laughs> and these men, these six other guys who I got together with last night, they knew Kevin as this arrogant, prideful, womanizing, materialistic jerk. That's, that's who Kevin was. And now, 
I'm talking with these guys who knew me like that. And now we see the world radically differently. When we're talking about war in the Middle East, or we're talking about the war in Ukraine, or we're talking about, you know, like race issues and gender issues and, and financial issues and all and economics and all of these struggles that we're dealing with as a culture right now, these six guys speak with deep hopelessness. Government will never solve this. People, businesses will never solve this. There's this deep sense of the collapse of everything. And I'm sitting there going, oh, everything is awesome. (laughs) And I have great hope and great joy and huge expectations because we're approaching life from two different worldviews. You today have a worldview, whether you know what it is or not. You either choose a worldview or a worldview is imposed on you. Or you go, well, I don't have one. Then that is yours. (laughs) It's being imposed on you indirectly without you even knowing it. Right? And so this is why this series that we're doing is so important, I believe, in this day and age for the church. Is because what we've been doing since September, and we're doing this all the way until Christmas Eve, is we're going through our Bibles together and we're talking about abiding in Jesus. Of learning, of growing together as a church family to hear and discern the voice of God. Not just to hear it, to puff up our heads and puff up our knowledge, but so that God will change us. God will change our thoughts. God will change our hearts. And then through that, God begins to change our actions. And God changes and shifts our worldview. And then he uses that shift that he does in our lives as we hear from him. And then suddenly we become a blessing to our families. We become a blessing to our workplace and our schools and our communities. So this is why this hearing from God is such a big topic. But I talk to so many Christians, and one of the big questions that Christians ask me is, how do I hear from God? I'm not sure that I hear from God. I'm not sure that God is speaking. I mean, just show of hands. How many of you have ever struggled with Knowing, am I hearing from God? Okay, I'm glad it's not just me. I'm always awkward. It's like, is it just me this morning or is there other people? Like we wrestle with this idea of, is this really hearing from God? And so we've been talking for the last couple of weeks about hearing God from his word. This is why the Bible is so crucial in our development and in our journey as followers of Jesus. If you're not reading your Bible regularly and you come up to me and say, I don't ever hear from God, this is my spiritual gift of mercy that comes out. I'm like, duh, of course not. Of course you're not hearing from me. You're never listening to God. You're not seeking God in his word. You're not letting this change you. You're not like, even just spending a verse a day in it, right? So that's why the Bible is so important. But what I want to do today is not negate the importance of hearing God from his word, but talk about what the Bible teaches on how there are other ways God speaks, 
Now, I'm not teaching these other ways that God speaks to give you permission to not read your Bible. Okay, that's not the goal. But the reality is, is that God does speak in different ways. And there's a tension and a challenge, I believe, in kind of modern day Western evangelical Christianity, is there's like tension that we don't believe (laughs) that God does speak in different ways. And some people are like, no, Bible only, Bible only, Bible only, nothing else but that. And if you're in that camp, I get it, because I've been in that camp, right? But then there's other people that go way the other extreme. It's like, oh, I saw a butterfly go by, and I interpret that to mean, and they see the, you know, like God speaking in everything. And again, there's nothing wrong with that, but you got to be very careful that you don't over-spiritualize everything and start making stuff up, right? And so there's a tension that I, we have to understand is a real tension. So that's why we have to go to the Bible. Not my opinion, not Christian experience. What does the Bible say about hearing from God in different ways? Because in the New Testament, I just want to read this verse, and I actually read this verse last week talking about Jesus. But uh, here in Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 to 5, this is what the author of Hebrews says to the church. He's reminding them this. He says, in the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. If you go to the history of Israel and you look at how God worked through the prophets, it wasn't always exactly the same way. God spoke in very different ways through different men and women back in the ancient days of Israel. God did different signs, different wonders with different prophets. And you can go through, I'm not going to like for the sake of time, not going to go through the entirety of the Old Testament and pull out all the various ways that God spoke. But God spoke in many, many different ways. And then the author continues here in verse 2 and he says, But in these last days, these are the days that you and I are living in now, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, And through whom also he made the universe. This is what we talked about last week. Why it's so important to get to know the word of God. The Logos. Jesus. Because he is the creator of all things. Why would you listen to this person when you can actually listen to the creator of the universe. And hear his voice. And continues in verse 3. says the sun is the radiance of God's glory. The exact representation of his being. Sustaining all things by his powerful word. And after he had provided purification for sin, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. And so he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. So the author here is reminding the church that God speaks, that he speaks through his word, that he has spoken through prophets. But more importantly, he has made himself known through Jesus the creator and the sustainer of all things. And that he is now, he came into earth, he came into earth, he came to earth, (laughs) born of the Virgin Mary, lived a sinless life, fully God, fully man, died on a cross as we sung this morning so that my debt could be paid. I don't have to keep all these rules and all these regulations and all these traditions in order to hopefully maybe God will love me. I was raised that way, kind of in the religious environment that I was in. And as a small child, I was told, God hates you. 
because I couldn't behave. I was too fidgety. I, you know, back if like it was the 70s, so we didn't diagnose anyone with 70s. You were just diagnosed bad. <laughs> there was no ADHD or, you know, autism or spectrum or none of that language. You were just a bad boy. God hates you. Be quiet. Right. And so why would I ever want anything to do with this God? Why would I ever want to hear from him? Right. But then you get to know Jesus. That Jesus loves you. And he left his throne in heaven to pay for your sin and my sin. And so we learn to follow him as he models. And we learn to let the light of the world shine through us. But it has to happen from hearing from him. If you can't hear from him, you can't live for him. If you can't hear from him, you don't know where to go for him. If you don't hear from him, you don't know how to sacrifice and serve for him. Right? And yes, God speaks through his word. But as the reminder here is that God still speaks in mysterious ways. And so the big idea that I want us to explore together, and we're going to look at different passages to do this, it's this. It's as while the Bible is our primary source from hearing from God, don't ignore the other ways he speaks to us. Yes, the Bible is our primary way to hear from God. I take Bible study and Bible meditation and Bible reading very, very, very seriously. Get into it if you don't already. But don't ignore the other ways God wants to speak to you. And so the way I want to kind of unpack this topic, it's a little bit of a high-level discipleship training message I want to give today. You're going to get deeper into this topic in your life group this week. So if you're not in a life group yet, download that app, you know, go onto the church website, find a group that fits your schedule, get into one, get deeper into this topic. If you're doing the daily devotions that we've put together for this series, you're going to get deep into this topic of the different ways that you can be hearing from God. Um, but I want to uh, kind of approach the topic around kind of, not kind of, around our discipleship pathway. <laughs> like here is a church, like we do things very simply. Like, like, if you look around the room, like you've, they've been up for so long, we ignore them now. But there's signs kind of all over hanging up in the room. And these signs represent our core values. And one of our core values is simplicity. <laughs> is life is complicated. Church shouldn't be. A church that runs 700 different programs and all of these different things, and we have this and this and this and this and this, and all of these programs and all of these options might be great, but then what we find is people go, ah, what do I go to? What's going to actually help me grow spiritually? Is it just busy work, or is it actually making fully devoted followers of Jesus? So we're really big into simplicity here. So we ask you to do three things. And I firmly, and we're going to show you this from the Bible, three things that I believe is going to help you grow spiritually to hear God's voice more. Make Sunday morning a regular part of your life. Join a life group and find a way to use your gift to serve. Three things. That's what we do here. It's not complicated. It's very simple. Make Sunday morning regular part of your life. Make life group a regular part of your life. And make serving other people a regular part of your life. 
And so what I want to show you from scripture this morning, from your Bible, is how those three things will actually help you hear God in a different way than just simply reading your Bible. Okay, the first is this. It's different, three different ways that God will speak to you if you regularly engage with our discipleship pathway that we've put together. Right, the first is this. It's the idea that God is speaking to you every Sunday. Every single Sunday. When you come into this space or you join us online, I firmly believe God is speaking to you. We see this concept of the Apostle Paul teaching this to the church in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13, where Paul says these words to the church. He says, and we also thank God continually because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as human words, but as it actually is the word of God which is indeed at work in you who believe, right? So here, just to kind of break down this verse, like what's happening is the Apostle Paul, he's incredibly grateful for this church. He's gr- incredibly grateful for the people of Thessalonica. Uh, Thessalo- like, uh, There's my lisp comes out. I was up too late last night, right? And Paul is so grateful for them because what he gave them was the word of God. And when Paul describes the word of God, he's talking about the good news of Jesus. What we've been singing about this morning, what we read about in Hebrews chapter one, that God himself has laid down his life for humanity. And he declares these words. And as you study Paul and you study his ministry, Paul was very adamant about giving the word of God in a way that the people actually understood it. You see, Paul was very, very educated. Paul's a very smart man. He's a Hebrew of Hebrews. He's like the elite religious leader and the elite uh, man trained in religious things. And yet Paul's heart was, well, to the Jew, I became a Jew. And to the Greek, I became a Greek. And I became all things to all people in order to win some to Jesus. And then he would go to different towns and different cities and he would see these statues of these gods. And he would use their own stories, their own history to point people to Jesus. And so that's what he did in this city. And he's hugely grateful because what they heard was not his words. And Paul talks about that as well, too. I didn't come with the most eloquent of speech. I'm not like this great philosopher that everyone should like line up for and to hear. He's the simple man who has met with Jesus and they heard the very words of God through him and they completely changed their life. I firmly believe that is what we do every single Sunday morning. When we open up this book together and we read the word of God together, my job is not to save you. My job is not to trick you and manipulate you and get your emotions all fired up and try to get you to like, woo, do whatever I want you to do. My job is to make this as plain 
and as simple as I possibly can so that you can hear from God. I'll explain the meaning. I'll explain the context. I'll explain some of the history. I'll explain the original Hebrew and the Greek so that it's clear for you (laughs) because it's simple. (laughs) It's so simple (laughs) on how much God loves you. (laughs) And every single page of this book points to that. Like, like I'm absolutely amazed. I've been, I've been preaching like this now for 17 years and I'm amazed in a room of this size, how after a service on Sunday, we go into the back and we grab a coffee and we grab some cookies And the number of people who come to me and say, that was exactly what I needed. And different people who are going through different things in their life, who are dealing with different struggles, who are praising God for different things, very different places. And God spoke to you personally. I'm not smart enough to write that kind of a message. (laughs) I'm just not. I don't know what's going on in your life. Oh, okay, well, I know Bob's going through this, so I better put an example in there. And I know Susie's going through this. I better put an example in there. I have no clue what's going on in your life. But God does. And when we expose the word of God together as a family, God speaks. This is why I believe this is not just something we do on Sunday. We don't just get together on Sunday if I have time. If it works with my calendar, if I don't have other priorities, make this a priority. And it's not because I'm trying to fill the building and I'm trying to look, oh, look how good I am because look how big my church is. No, because I want you to desperately hear from God as we worship him. You might hear from God in a sermon through the text that we're preaching. You might hear from God through a song. You might hear from God in, in the prayer time that we do. But God is speaking. We just have to ask ourselves, am I willing to listen? That's why I started when we started the service off. I was praying this morning in my office that you would come here expecting to hear God. If you come here not expecting to hear God, guess what's going to happen? You're probably not going to hear from God unless he shows up like he's done in my life and just kick me in the throat. Say, boom, Kevin, here I am. Pay attention. He can do that. But I actually believe God is a gentleman. And God is patient with us. And even though I don't want to listen, God is waiting to speak. Right? We need to be open to hearing from God. Sometimes we need to get out of our own way. And make Sunday morning a priority. Right? Do I come here expecting God to speak? Or is that just a bonus that it happens once or twice a year? Right? Let's be more expectant because God wants to speak to you through his word as it is proclaimed publicly. And that's why we believe coming on Sunday morning is important for your spiritual faith and your journey. The second thing that we see from the Bible is the idea that God is speaking to you through the people around you. Right? The New Testament uh, teaches that every single person who has put their faith in Jesus to save them of their sin re- receives the Holy Spirit as that eternal, permanent seal 
of your salvation, of your, of your, of your relationship with God. And then he also gives you a spiritual gift so that you can be a blessing to other people. Your spiritual gift is not for you to hog and to hoard and to keep just for yourself. Your spiritual gift is to build one another up. And all throughout the New Testament, we see again and again and again the purpose of being together with one another. Because God wants to speak to you through the gifts of other people. If you're kind of like the extreme introvert type, and my default is to be very introverted, people find that hard to believe. Just because I'm comfortable up here doesn't mean I'm comfortable meeting you in the cafe and, hi, how's it going, and shaking your hand. I'm like, ah, where's my wife? I need my wife to help me in this conversation. Okay, she's not here today. I'm like, ah, so i got to talk to you today. We'll get through it. It's all good. You know, but God speaks to us through these relationships, Right? And we can see this again and again and again throughout the New Testament to encourage one another, to spur one another on, to correct each other, to rebuke sometimes, right? to pray for each other. Constantly, again and again and again, there's this picture in your Bible that talks about um, this idea of God speaking through other people. We did a series on spiritual gifts a couple of years ago. If you wanted to go back to that, it's on our YouTube page. But we talked about the spiritual gift of prophecy and of wisdom. Right? And again, sometimes these are buzzwords where kind of Baptist churches like ours go, we got to kind of like watch out for that because there's so much abuse on those words. Right? Just because some people are using it badly doesn't mean we should ignore it. Because <laughs> it's in your Bible. <laughs> and if it's in your Bible, we got to figure it out. Okay? So there's a tension there. So, but we can see that there's these actual spiritual gifts that God uses to speak to people. We can read about this in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8, where it says, uh, To one there's given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. Like God gives wisdom to people to share with other people. God gives knowledge about certain situations through the Spirit to share with other people. We see this again in Romans 12, verse 6. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. Right? And again, now just because the gifts are abused doesn't mean we shouldn't be learning about it, growing in them, and figuring it out. I remember the first time as a brand new, well, not a brand new Christian. I've been walking with Jesus maybe about six, seven years. And like, as I shared, I accepted Jesus in 1998, 1998, uh, got married in 1999. My son was born in 2001. My daughter was born in 2003. And by about 2005, I was kind of feeling this stirring that God was doing something in our life and that he might be calling us into ministry. And so we were part of a life group. And I've, I've been a part of a life group since the very first day I became a Christian. I have always had people speaking into my life. Always. I still am in a life group. I still have to let people speak into my life because I don't know everything. And I'm not that smart. <laughs> and I need guidance. And I need to hear how God is speaking through other people to me. 
So I'm in this life group, you know, a couple of little toddlers trying to figure out if I'm going to quit my job and go into ministry. And in our life group, uh, a good friend of ours who's Egyptian invited his pastor from Egypt. Now, I'm a Canadian, Caucasian, West Island suburban boy. Okay, and we do church like this in a box. And now I'm with this Egyptian who does church like this. <laughs> it's very different. And so he goes, well, do you mind if we pray? Sure. Of course. I like prayer. Prayer is great. So he starts praying and then he gets up and he starts pacing the room and he's praying in tongues. And I'm like, and I'm sitting there with my wife, Danielle. I'm like, what is this? I've never seen this before, right? And I'm like, well, I trust my friend. This is his pastor. Okay, let's keep going. And then this guy stops in front of Danielle and I. No word of a lie. This is exactly how this happened. He stops and he points to my wife, who's a brand new Christian. My wife came to Jesus several years after me. She came to Jesus after our, in between our son and our daughter being born. And he points to her. And he says, you will be a spiritual mother to many. And if you've ever been blessed by Danielle, you know that that's real. <laughs> okay? She's been a spiritual mother to so many people. And then he looked at me and he goes, you're leaving your job, aren't you? <sighs> no one knows this. And I'm looking at Danielle and I'm now mad at her because she obviously told her women's group and the women's group are all <laughs> gossiping about this. And I'm like kicked off and we had this huge fight in the car ride home. Okay. There are different spiritual gifts at play where God wants to speak to you. And he's going to do it through someone completely unexpected. Okay. We just have to figure out how am I going to hear this, receive this. But if you don't intentionally put yourself in places where people can speak into your life, you're never going to hear from God this way. This is why I say every single Sunday, join a life group unapologetically. It's what we do here because we firmly believe it's how you're going to grow spiritually. We actually take life groups so seriously. Our kids zone program is all built around groups. And then when they're done in kids zone, we move them to fusion youth ministry and it's all based around groups. And then they move into young adults and it's all groups. And then they get older like me and it's all groups. It's what we, it's very simple. It's not seven different programs. It's groups. Get people into a leader who's speaking into their life where they can build relationships with one another. So these spiritual gifts can bless each other and we can hear from God. The big question you have to ask is, well, am I in a group? And if the answer is no, well, you know what your takeaway is to do this week. Look into them. Find one that works for you. Put yourself in a place where you can hear from God through other people. Right? And if you are in a group, are you going to that group expecting God to speak to you at it? And if you're not, maybe we got to do a little bit of a heart shift. It's not just about hanging out with my friends and having pizza or donuts. It's about hearing from God through one another. Okay? So we hear from God every single Sunday. We hear from God through the people around us. And then finally, we believe, I believe, that God speaks even while we serve. God speaks even while we serve. Okay? And so this is this idea 
that we get from Acts chapter 2, verse 17, where it says, in the last days, so again, these last days, these are the days we are living in. Like whenever the Bible talks about last days, it's not just talking about end times, you know, rise of the Antichrist, end days, Arnold Schwarzenegger horror movie type stuff. No, he's talking about from the time of Jesus' ascension to the time of Jesus' return. Those are the last days. So in these last days, we are in the age of the Holy Spirit. Okay, whereas before there was the prophets that God spoke through, and then he spoke through his son, the full representation of God in all of his glory through Jesus. And then he ascends back to heaven, sends the Holy Spirit in power to the church. And we're now in the kind of this movement where the Holy Spirit is speaking through people, transforming people and doing the work and ministry of Jesus in the world. Right. And God gives, and here in Acts chapter 2, verse 17, it says this, So in those last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy, and your young men, excuse me, will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. You'll see visions, you'll see dreams. One of the ways that I've seen this play out more and more and more is when people step out in faith and begin to engage in the life of a church and begin to serve. And and a lot of the times when people serve for the first time, some people start serving right away and they're all excited and they're all joyful and skipping and jumping and they can't wait to volunteer and they can't wait to serve. Others of us kind of go into serving, kicking and screaming because life is busy I got a lot on my plate. I don't have time. Oh, God can never use me. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. We, we, are, we are our own worst critic. We say no for ourselves before God says no. Right? And so we kind of get into it kicking and screaming. And because of the spiritual gift that's in you, when you actually get placed into the right place for that gift to be used, then you come alive. And you love it. And then something weird happens. That it doesn't become, well, I'm just doing this ministry because this is Kevin's ministry. And so I'm just helping Kevin out. Suddenly, it becomes your ministry. And you're booking meetings with me. Well, Kevin, I need more money. And Kevin, I need more volunteers. Because I got this idea. And I've got this idea. And I've got this dream. And I'd love to do this. And I want to do that. And suddenly you start getting visions and dreams for how more people could be built up in their faith, how God could be reaching more people through the service that you're doing. It's it happens again and again and again. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but I know like in this room, we have people who are now doing amazing stuff as youth leaders, as kid zone leaders, as life group leaders who never thought they could do it. And I watch them doing it now and I'm like, praise be to God how God is working through them and they're excited about it and they come up with new ideas for it and they're dreaming about it. I kind of feel like, Holy smokes. I feel like the guy now with the reins. I'm like, slow down. Like we got to like get everyone else caught up, (laughs) you know, but now, but I'm actually trying to get more into a position of like, yeah, go for it. That's on mission. That's on vision. Do it. Make it happen. My job is to equip you in the vision and the dreams that God gives you. And we just see this happening more and more and more, how God works through these visions and dreams. And so often, 
if God's not been doing this to you, because again, the, the words are like interesting here, right? Where it says like your sons and your daughters, your young men. Well, if you're a son or a daughter, if you believe in Jesus, it's kind of like this is speaking to you. So, you know, and I get it. There's different versions of visions, there's different versions of dreams, and, and I get it. But I, for me, there's a big part of it I think that we ignore when we're not intentionally seeking out God's plan for our life. And the more you step into God's plan, the more he reveals a vision, the more he reveals a dream. I don't think God always, when you're kind of going this way and you're far off from God's plan, sometimes he does it. Go, hey, I got a vision for you over here. But I think it's harder to see when you're facing this direction. When you're facing this direction and your vision's that direction, it's harder to see it. So you have to kind of turn around a little bit. Oh, okay, there it is. And you start taking steps towards it more and more. I'm not saying that's how it always works, but as I've mentored people and disciple people more and more, we've we got to be open to hearing God when we serve. It's not just busy work. It's not just to keep the machine running. It's so that you will grow spiritually in hearing God. When you make Sunday morning a regular part of your life and you come into it expecting to hear from God, I believe you'll hear from him. And you might have to practice spiritual muscles to make it easier. I believe when you let other people into your life, join a small group, be a part of it, and let people speak, you'll begin discerning, excuse me, discerning and hearing the voice of God. And then as you serve... As you use the spiritual gift that God has given you, you're going to hear God. God's going to give you dreams for that ministry. God's going to give you visions and ideas on how to be more of a blessing to people. All right, again, close with this. In Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, it says, In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets, and many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. All three of these things that I just presented all hinge on the fact that Jesus is the son of God. They all hinge on the fact that when we come into this space to worship, we're not just worshiping one of many options. We're not just worshiping, well, this is the God that fits me. And so I'm going to do that. But any other God is okay. We don't believe that. We believe that there is one true God maker of heaven and earth. And as Hebrews says, and he has been fully, completely and totally revealed in his son, Jesus. And any religion that points people away from Jesus being the true and one and only God, I believe, is false. And it's trying to lead us away. Jesus didn't say, I'm one of many options. Jesus didn't say, just be sincere and it will all work out. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. It's a very uncomfortable message this day. And as we're trying to hear the voice of God more and more, again, as we go back to the idea of the worldview, there's the worldview that Jesus is the one and only way, that Jesus is the true life. And then there's another worldview that says it doesn't matter. And these people are crazy. (laughs) And as I was reminded about it last night, I'd rather be crazy. I'd rather the world say, 
Kevin's a nut job. Well, we already knew that. <laughs> Duh. And I want nothing to do with him. But instead of letting that beat me up and discourage us, church, in a culture that's trying to tell you what to believe, that's trying to lead you away from your father who loves you, to help you get just as lost as they are, you desperately need to hear from God. But you can't hear from God until you welcome God into your life. It starts with Jesus. And maybe you're here today and you've never kind of made that first step. You never put your faith in Jesus. But you can do that. The Bible, again, this is where, I don't know why in church history we made church so complicated when it's so simple. The book of Romans tells us exactly how to come to Jesus if you just believe. Just believe in your heart that Jesus is the Son of God. Confess with your mouth that he's Lord and God raised him from the dead. You're saved. It's that simple. And that's exactly what I did in uh, 1998 when I had a Bible and I got to the book of Galatians. I just simply prayed, wow, Father, forgive me. I'm a sinner. I'm prideful. I'm arrogant. I'm lustful. I'm greedy. I'm angry. And yet the whole world thinks I'm this nice guy. Father, forgive me. Come into my life. Make me new. And if you pray like that today for the first time in your own heart, come and tell me in the cafe afterwards. Church online, a pop-up shows up there. Click that. We want to connect with you. But everything starts with that decision. And by making that choice, what you've done is you've turned from this. Now you've turned to here to hear from God. Now put yourself in places to hear from God. Christian, if you've been walking with God for decades and yet God feels silent, what do you need to do? It's the whole idea. Don't just keep doing the same thing, expecting the same results. What do you have to shift and change to start hearing God more? Maybe it is joining a life group. Maybe it is starting to volunteer. Maybe it is making Sunday more important. Maybe it is the daily devotions. Whatever it is for you, make a shift. And for those of you that are hearing God all the time and your walk is perfect, come and help me. (laughs) And I mean that in all seriousness because there are a lot of people who need you. Don't hold it for yourself. Share it with a world that desperately needs to hear from God. Let's pray. Lord God, we praise you and thank you for all the ways that you've worked in our church family for the past 51 years. And Lord, um, I pray as we're in this season of regrouping and refocusing and relaunching, that you would start that ministry, that change that you're doing in our church right now um, by helping us hear you more, (laughs) of hearing your still small voice, (laughs) of hearing and not just hearing the voice of God, but then trusting the voice of God and following through with the the voice of God. (laughs) Father, forgive me when I've heard you and chosen not to do what you've said. (laughs) Father, forgive us when we do that. (laughs) But God, we're grateful that there's no shame or condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And so God, you take that sin and you just take it away. It's far from us. And so God, do in us, I pray, a new work. (laughs) Help us to hear your voice as we worship as we hear the word of God proclaimed, 
as we do life together in group, as we use our gifts to bless the church. God, speak because your servants are listening. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.